Brothers and sisters, back to the Water Podcast. That long, amazing talk for everyone to remember. I didn't say this last time, and I should have. It's my tagline. Conversations flow, illusions crash. I'm on it. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> back with my best friend, EGG. That's pretty cool. EGG. No. You know, you know, like that. I don't want to be an egg. <laughs> <laughs> eggs are where you know that's where life comes from. Eggs. You're right. You're right. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all. You know, fitting. It's so fitting. Right? Oh man, I didn't. I just realized that. Here we go. Eggs. Garcia. Okay. For for everybody. Here we go. We're talking about birth. We're talking about her birthing experience. You really are going to be talking about your birthing experience now. I hope you listened to part one. We're getting into part two here. I want to know now, SB, a little more about what maybe, um, you know, you talked a little bit about having a doula. I think you said, you know, is there a doula and a midwife? Are they different? Did you have both a doula and a midwife? What are I did have both. They're very different. So midwives are midwives are more medical or they are medical they're on the medical model um and then doulas are not medical professionals they are birth workers so they're um they don't catch babies they don't you know they don't do cervical checks anything like that um but they're there as like support for the birthing person and their partner so they they kind of help they're like uh let's see i picture them as like the grandmother the like village grandmother even though they're generally not very old ladies um they're like they you know they help like press on the hips when the mother is laboring or they like give you certain tricks or they like you know like feed you chocolate or feed you tea or something while you're while you're in the process of laboring so they like put a wet washcloth on your forehead if you need it, and they and they're there basically as support for both, um, both people. So they kind of have like this, or they they should have like this maybe sage like presence to them, where they're kind of like that's what it seems like. Or am I wrong? I think it depends. It it depends on what you want. Like um, I think a lot of them do have a very calming presence. Um, at least the ones that I have researched or like interviewed or been around, they do have a very calming presence, but also some people just need more of a like fierce advocate or like, you know, some people need more of a coach or like a cheerleader, you know? And so some of them are just more like that, like, Hey, you can do it. Like get out of your head, just do it, you know, type of thing. Or there's other ones that are more like rubbing your back and like being gentle with things. I think it depends on what you want. There's, there's, so many different kinds of doulas and and also i want to say that like most doulas are very adaptable to those things too like to what you need um, yeah now did you uh and now so is the doula and midwife are they only there at the, at the at the labor or did you have these people with you prior and how prior if they were with you were they with you so i for doulas, I um, 
we hired we interviewed doulas and then the one that we hired she I think she did one or two like meetings with us beforehand and then we would have like contact with her via like text or phone call um but we met with her and then she would tell us like you know these are the, th the ways that you should prepare for labor and these are the things that you should do up until then um and she would give us points tidbits or whatnot and then she also had she gave us like access to this google drive which was amazing and she had um like a book of recipes that uh that are you know full of um nourishment for um the mom during pregnancy and even afterwards um and then or she would have like a bunch of video or links to videos about like labor and like different uh, labor positions to be prepared to use, you know, or to like see if you're comfortable using um, using the various labor positions or the different uh, things in the labor room. Like the, um, I think there's a video on like a water birth and things like that on there. So now, sorry. Okay. So she was there during, or I mean, she gave us a couple. She gave us a lot of information before the birth, and then she was there during labor. So she was at the birthing center with us and the hospital. Um, and then a midwife is different. So the mid, I didn't go to a doctor. Um, I just went to a midwife for all my prenatal care, and or I guess it was a team of midwives at a birthing center, a freestanding birthing center, and. Um, the midwives were the ones that did all the medical checks, you know, and they were, they also like obviously answered any questions that I would have like about labor, about the process, about their specific process and their theory and methods or whatnot. And then um, they, the birthing center also like had us take certain classes. Like we had to um, um, have a session with the lactation consultant Um that talks about breastfeeding if we plan to do that and right. stuff like that so yeah i guess we should bring, okay thank you <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was always wondering what the, I, I should know <laughs> I should, I should, um but let's go back so uh because it seems like it all happened pretty quick since you know i'm guessing what like March or you know last March ish? It seems like you know March April. It sounds like you guys were like, "Hey, we're gonna have a baby." You get off your IUD by fucking Father's Day. It's like holy shit, it's happening. <laughs> so now, at what point? And or I don't know. I don't know if you had like a a vision your whole life already on how you would you know how pregnancy would go. Uh, I don't know if maybe. Rob did or didn't, but like, you know, how did you choose? Because like a birthing center is not a hospital, right? So like, how did you choose, like, how did you choose your path into like, you know, because I guess some people prepare, you know, I've been listening to this home birthing podcast and yeah. it's not that they, everybody on it had home births, but like, that's just the name of it, I think, but the people that, that did have home births, but like, how did you plan for, or what was your vision? You know, how did you choose? Like, did, was this something all you? Was it both you and Rob? Was it mostly you? Was it mostly Rob? Like, like. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I'm like, because I work in a hospital, I didn't want to be in a hospital during 
my kid's birth. Like, I didn't, I don't know. I just, like, I want to separate my work and my personal life. (laughs) And I know it sounds really weird because most people do birth in hospitals here in the U.S., you know. And um, I just didn't want that to be the start of my motherhood journey or my child's journey, I guess. Um, I, hospitals are great, but I just, I didn't want like the sterile feeling or like the feeling of a plastic bed, you know, like things like that. Like, I was like, I don't want that. I don't want like computer. I don't know. It just felt really weird to me to be like, oh yeah, I go to work in one of these places and I'm also going to have a baby. Like I wanted it to be more comfortable and I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be serene and like, just like, like a calm feeling. And so I knew that I wanted to try having a baby at a birth center. And luckily where I live, there, there are freestanding birth centers. And, um, and we were able to tour a couple of them and interview some of the midwives. And uh, we picked one that was great. Like it, the birth center is in an old house and it's like an old converted house basically. And it's, you walk in and it's a lobby with like, the most um, just like energetic receptionist. And every time you walk in there, she's like, Esmeralda, how do you feel? Hey Rob, what's going on? You know, and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want. That chick's my best friend, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, and um, and they had like, it was just comfortable. Like they had like a chiropractor that worked there and she was like, yeah, just come on down like Mondays, whatever, sure, whatever. I don't know, It was it was cool, it was like, Sure, it might be a business model, but I fell for it. You know what I mean? Like, I liked it, and that's what I wanted. And, um, yeah, so I did all my prenatal care there. Um, what was your other, what, if you don't mind, what were the other ones, like, that you uh, you visited? So we visited one other one that was actually closer to our house, and that one, um, it was also, I think it was, it's an, a bigger, it's like a bigger building, and it's, but it felt more like a clinic. Like it felt like, yeah, just like a family practice clinic. And they were nice, but like, I didn't get the same vibe. You know, I like, it felt more like, yeah, it felt more like, okay, you come in like, yeah, we have babies here. Cool. (laughs) And I didn't, I don't even think they gave us a tour of the rooms, which was to me too. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to see the spaces that people birth in, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean they were friendly, but we just uh, ch- we chose the other one, and um, there were a few other ones that we had sessions or we were like supposed to go tour, but um, the days that our tour date or whatever ended up being canceled because there were births happening, which understandable. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and so this the one that we chose was great, and they had two laboring rooms. They had two and then one extra one if they need, like if they happen to have three people having babies at the same time, then they could open up the, the third one. But yeah, the rooms are basically, um, they just look like a room in a house. Like they had a queen size bed in each one. They had a big laboring tub. They had a full size bathroom and it was like, you know, just like curtains on the, on the um, windows, which you would think is just a normal thing but like they didn't look all sterile you know it just it looked like you were in your house I guess a nicer house but it looked just comfy yeah. um and they had all the like birthing props 
and I guess most hospitals probably have these now too, but they had like a laboring stool and they had the, you know, yoga balls for you to sit on and um, birthing slings too, hanging from the ceiling, which is cool. Like, yeah, I have option to use that if I need it, you know. What, at what point did you start, um, did you guys start like seeking this out? Like at what point throughout the, the, you know, was this second trimester, you know, 30 weeks? No, yeah, from the very, very beginning we did that. Um, wow. I think I think we had, we definitely had our first ultrasound at the birthing center, which was at nine or 10 weeks. Um, okay. So it was like okay. when I, when I knew I was pregnant, I like called the birthing centers right away and they don't. They, it takes a while for them to see you. I forget what they say. Like, you can't really even go in for, like, the first 10 weeks or something like that. I don't know why that is. I think maybe – I don't know if it's insurance or what, but I know that, like, a lot of medical practices are like that, too. They're like, great, you're pregnant. We'll see you in a few months. And you're like, what do I do? Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we went to our birthing center from the very beginning, from, like, nine weeks or 10 weeks or something like that. And the, uh, so how did you envision like your, you know, I mean, cause I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if this is silly. Like you said something about a birthing tub, like yeah. for instance at a birthing center, like, is there just, is it just kind of like, this is what we'll do. And this is how you're going to deliver. Like, you know, like it's going to be like, cause it, like, for instance, does that mean it's a water birth or is like everybody not like just like standard or like or yeah you know educate me what, what, what yeah no not necessarily so it's just like they have they have all these options and like i guess locations in the room where you can labor and like you know labor takes a while so sometimes sometimes it's really quickly but it takes a while so like if you're if you're more comfortable you know, in in a tub, if your like contractions are hitting really hard, sometimes they find that water is more relaxing and soothing, and like um, just feels better for the person. So you can go in these tubs, and they they're big enough where like you and your partner could get in there if you need to. Wow. Yeah. Both of you guys get in there. Yeah. So you yeah. So you can get in the tub with you know the whole the whole shebang. Um, wow, that sounds really beautiful. Cool. Yeah, super cool. And so the Sorry, I lost track of the question. <laughs> um, so yeah, the birthing center has these things. It's just that they don't, their method is more, or I guess the way they do things is like, they believe that like birth is a natural process, right? And so they function more on like lower interventions. You know, if like they, they don't really do cervical checks to see how far along you are unless you want it. And, but they like, they believe that like, you don't really need it, you know, you don't really need it to a certain extent. Is that like, is that like when the, your cervix is this many centimeters? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like, they don't, they don't really, that is an intervention, you know? And so the, they don't really believe that you need those interventions. Um, yeah. Until, until you want it or whatever, or like, you know, obviously if I wanted it, they would do that. And they also don't give medications to induce labor which is the biggest difference, I guess, between birthing centers and um, hospitals. The, um, there are other ways. Always, I'm sorry, will a hospital always give, uh, you know, induce or, or like it's just, or like, you know, do you have a, do you have a choice at a hospital? Like if you're in the hospital, like can you? 
Yeah. All these things or no? It's like, yeah. This is what we're doing. You're going in and you're going out. Like, this is what's No. No, I don't think so. I mean, you've got to like interview your providers, I guess. But uh, no, if you're in labor in a hospital and you don't need medication, they won't give it to you. Like if you if you say like I want to try for a natural birth or whatever, which you know, natural birth, just unmedicated birth, like I'm sure most hospitals would say okay, you know, um, depending on your situation. Like they're not going to put you at risk, and neither is a birthing center. A birthing center is not going to. They're not going to like if this is your choice, but like, it's dangerous for you, they're not going to go with it, you know? Um, so yeah, but birthing centers like function more on the, like, it, everything's normal and fine until it's not, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let, let me go, go back, back real quick. quick. Like, like if, if I went, went back to, to I mean, when you were young, young, you always thought, thought you'd have a baby. baby yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure i mean yeah it was always in my head like i didn't know if it was gonna happen but yeah sure sure i thought that you weren't like yeah from what i know it's not like you were like opposed like, right I, I, you weren't like i'm never gonna have a kid like I'm never yeah 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 what, what i'm getting at is uh because of course you know how a kid comes out and like, yeah you know yeah were you throughout this pregnancy or even before or did it change were you afraid I mean, like, and if you were afraid, like, what was that fear like? And what, or no, were you just, and when I guess where I'm getting at with this too is like, did you, since you brought up like a natural birth, did you expect that like you were going to go into this, uh, you know, no medication and you were going to, you were going to handle whatever, whatever it was that was coming your way? Or were you open to, um, you know, medication <laughs> or, or how it yeah. was this? So I, my plan was to have an unmedicated birth for sure. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to try to do that because I feel like my personal opinion, right? Like this is, we've been birthing kids for all of our lives. Like this is what we can do. Like our bodies should know how to do this. And like, um, like if, I don't want to say if all the stars are aligned because sometimes they're not, but like if you have the support that you need and if you feel comfortable, like, yeah, you probably can do it, you know? And I, if I know people that have done it, like, why not me? You know, I, I'm sure I'm capable of that. I'm like capable of hard things. So yeah, I can probably do that. And like, maybe that was very egotistical of me, but but I wanted to try. I wanted to like push myself to that limit and um, and also just like fully experience that moment. Just like, I didn't want to be, I hate to say this, I, I didn't want to be drugged up. I didn't want to be out of it. I wanted to be in the like euphoria of the experience. So you were welcome. So like you, in your mind, you had been prepping your, cause you know, some people, you know, you meet some women and it's like, no, like, I don't want to feel the pain. I'm going to be medicated, but I'm not going to, yeah. you know, but in your mind, you were, you were prepping yourself for like, Hey, whatever the fuck, like, I want to, I want to experience this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And again, maybe, maybe it was like super just like hubris of me, you know, maybe it was like, I have that like competitive like spirit or whatever, but also like, like, no, this is 
like I'm a woman. What better chance to to be like, yeah, you're a freaking woman. Like, just do it. Like I would not be like that. Like I wouldn't do like the twins that you know, uh, you know, like the things that you know Arnold Schwarzenegger like as a male like I wouldn't. But like if it was something that yeah, guys did. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I get where you're getting at. Um, yeah. So as you know, as as you progressed along, like you know, what was your experience like then? How did you first of all what was your expect you know when when were what was the date they gave you like what what day were you supposed to be expecting my expected due date was oh god did i forget it now i think it was february 16th february 16th 2022 right and uh the whole time i was like sorry no no go ahead go ahead well, the whole time I was like, man, it's going to be so cool if she's born on like 2-2-22 or 2-22-22, you know? And I was like, if that happens, we're going to go play the lotto. I'm going to have everybody go play the lotto. Like, we, that's it. We're going to win. That's going to be our day. And, um, and uh, like, usually, well, they give you like an estimated date, but like, I, I something super small, like. 20%, maybe less than 20% of people actually have babies on their expected date. So I knew that it wouldn't be, yeah, I know. I knew that it's it wouldn't be that day. Date. It's weird that they gave, because they gave us a date. Yeah. Like, they gave yeah. that date, like, real early, too. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, how do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I this, you know, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't get it, but like, you know, it's just, it's interesting. But yeah. Uh, okay. So that was your date, 216. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> watch we're gonna listen to this and be like your date was actually 219 only like, i don't know i think it was 216 i'm pretty sure it was 216 <laughs> now leading up to it did you did you think in your head like i don't know do you have thoughts of like oh i'm a punctual person it's gonna be on time or oh man i'm always early with things it's gonna be early or it's gonna be late or like what was your kind of <sighs> feeling around that like did you have a feeling that it'd be earlier later around that time or well, that has my husband's genes. That baby's going to be late, late, <laughs> late, late. <laughs> like we, and I mean, I guess I'm late to a lot of things too. I'm usually actually right on time, but I knew that my kid was not going to be right on time, which is fine. Okay. Okay. Like I, yeah, I knew that I'd likely go over. So I was like, okay, I think it's going to be 2 And actually, the Super Bowl was around, what day was the Super Bowl? It was around that time. And I was like, it'd be cool if the baby was born on Super Bowl Sunday because our dog was born on Super Bowl Sunday. And I was like, oh, wow. that's, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and so I was like, that'd be so cool. Like Super Bowl babies, I love it. And so we watched the Super Bowl. I was like bouncing on the yoga ball, you know, like <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Like watching it, we're watching halftime, Snoop Dogg, you know. <laughs> dancing wow. yeah, yeah yeah it didn't happen but it's fine <laughs> um so yeah so we hit 40 weeks which you know they say is the time and nothing happened nothing happened and after at the, like towards the end of pregnancy we had more um i guess more visits with our midwife to monitor Okay. And also because I had COVID, like I had some extra monitoring too around like to make sure my, everything was working fine. Um, and 
the so we like would go in for weekly checks and like I had a little bit I like on the monitor I would have contractions but like not feel them I didn't feel them at all so I wasn't in labor um but everything was functioning fine so they weren't concerned and at the birthing center they had they have a rule and it's based on license licensing for the birthing center like uh you have to you have to have the baby by like 42 weeks and that's the absolute deadline for you to be to be able to have the baby in the birthing center and if you don't have the baby by 42 weeks then you have to be transferred to the hospital because then they need to do more interventions is this just your state is this uh or is this like all of like this is like the whole country um i'm not really sure how it works to be honest i don't know about licensing i do know that like um there are studies out there that say like if you uh if you are pregnant longer than 42 weeks like your placenta starts to basically not function as efficiently or like appropriately so like they're concerned about blood flow to the baby Mm. which i mean blood flow and like you know the survivability rate basically for both for the mom and the baby um so so yeah so you know if i didn't have the baby by 42 weeks and i would have to be transferred um so we like we're like, okay, what do we need to do to get this baby out? Like, let's give me all the options. What do we got to do? And I, at first I was totally fine. I was like, this baby's not going to come at 40 weeks and I'm fine with that. Like, I'm fine with going to 41 weeks. It's cool. But then like when we hit 41 weeks, I'm like, wow, like this baby needs to come this week because like we have plans, you know? And like the thing about babies is that they don't really care about your plans. <laughs> but, um, but like the baby needed to come out anyway. Uh, so yeah, so then we started talking to the midwives about what our options were um, to have the baby. And that was like, you know, between that four, you know, as the fortieth week is hitting and the forty-first week is hitting, did you, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, what can one do? I mean, were you trying to do like, you know, again, like I guess to go to midwives' tale or you know, midwives' tales? Why are you know? You know this idea of like um, that's a sexist way to say it too. Old wise tales, right? But I know, I know. But you know what I mean, like you know this idea that like you know, well, you know, uh, eat this or you know, do this or you know, uh, you know, were there things that one can do on their own to to try to induce or were there yeah, they said things at all. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things is eating spicy food. That's probably why I, like, really wanted hot chicken. (laughs) Um, So eating spicy food is a thing. And then, like, walking around, getting all the exercise in, that's a thing, you know. Um, But none of the stuff was working for me. Like, literally, I hadn't – I I just felt normal. I was like, okay, I don't even have pain. Like, I'm cool. I'm I'm good to go. (laughs) Um, So it was was actually stressful. And, like, I – it sucks because hindsight, it's like, yeah, I started to get stressed out and it probably didn't help things. <laughs> like, like your body's going to close up more when you're more stressed, you know? So they're like, not, you know, your baby doesn't want to come out to a stressful environment. Um, Were you working so, the last couple of weeks? No, I had stopped working on like 
the the week of my due date. So I think I stopped working February 13th or something like that. Okay. Okay. And um, so I was like chilling at home. I was getting all the sleep. <laughs> I was like right. eating all the food that I could, you know, I was just yeah. fine. I was like, I was okay. And it was snowing already. It was like snowing still, I guess winter in Minnesota is so freaking long. So I wasn't necessarily like walking outside, but I was still like, you know, I was okay at home. I was like cleaning the house, doing the laundry, whatever. Um, but it was like, okay, we're ready for baby. Like, let's go. And yeah, nothing would happen. <laughs> there, I, I've heard people talk about dates and castor oil and pineapples. Did you do all this kind of shit too? Yeah, I had dates all the time. Um, dates, I think they say six dates a day. And I had, I probably had about six. Yeah. Like, if not a little bit more. And I would just snack on them at work and stuff. And, um, and yeah, that, it, that's supposed to, like, soften your cervix. So not necessarily induce labor, but it's supposed to soften the cervix. Pineapple, I did hear something about pineapple core, but I'd never had that. Okay. Um, and then castor oil, was, you know castor oil. Yes, I do. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Yes, I do. Well, because <laughs> yeah. So the our last like option before we went into labor, before I went into labor, was the castor oil. And mm. um, the midwife said, like, well, you know, the last day or the last two days, if you want, you can. Oh, wait, let me backtrack. So there's also one thing. The midwives will try um, inserting a balloon into your cervix. It's called a Cook's catheter. And um, so they could, you could do a Cook's catheter to induce labor, and, uh, but that doesn't always help. And so I did Courtney, have the- Courtney Cook's catheter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she would appreciate that, but sure. Oh, I know. She listens every week to this. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Courtney? <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> How do we move on from that? <laughs> we just go. <laughs> so, the Cook's catheter, they, like, put in this catheter, and they blow up this balloon full of saline, and it's in it's inside of you, and you, like, hang out with it for... I think 12 hours and if nothing happens in 12 hours then you like clip the end and then you it's like you pop the balloon basically and take it out well for some people it actually helps it's like kick starts labor and it's like yep we're ready here comes baby you know and then for the lucky few like me it does nothing <laughs> so I had this yeah it I forgot how many milliliters of water they put in but i think it was a lot it was like 40 to 60 mils or like 60 to i don't know it was like 60 to something mils of water just inside so like she puts it in and like you instantly feel pressure and then she starts like she was blowing up the balloon with water and it was like pressure like i could feel that and it wasn't comfy and i just i took like tylenol or something then it just wasn't comfy and i was like okay like this better be working because this is not comfortable and I have to walk around with this for 12 hours, you know? Right. Um, and so I did, like, it was it was in and we were, like, walking around. And I was uncomfortable, but we were, like, I think we went out to go see some waterfalls or something. They're, like, oh. frozen waterfalls. Yeah. And then, but, like, you know, sometimes it's not that long because sometimes it works. Um, but 
yeah, I hit 12 hours. Like I was able to fall asleep with it and I fell asleep and then I woke up when it was the 12 hour mark and I was like, great, did nothing. And I clipped it and got it out. Um, and then, and so that was that. So that form of induction didn't work. So then my next option and like really the last option that we could do was to try the castor oil. And so the midwives gave me a like castor oil smoothie recipe and um it was interesting i don't remember everything that was in it i think it was like some kind of juice it was like apricot nectar um castor oil and i don't even remember how much i think it was like maybe like a shot of castor oil and uh and then champagne it was like eight ounces of champagne yeah and i was like i was like hold up i could drink champagne hell yeah i'm gonna drink this now And yeah, and so we like obviously had to go buy champagne because we didn't have any in the house. But it was so funny to like be in the liquor store and like look for champagne while I was like nine months pregnant. At that point, ten months pregnant. Right. <laughs> um, so we made the smoothie, and I took it at three o'clock. And they so the side effect of castor oil is that you really, really poop. Like you absolutely crap yourself, and that kickstarts labor because it like your your abdomen is just like working so hard you know that like i i guess i'm assuming this is how it works so like your abdomen's working so hard and you're like shitting your pants and then and then yeah you go into labor <laughs> so i took it at about like 3 p.m and by eight o'clock i was not feeling great and i kept going to the bathroom rob was i think rob was asleep but um, I kept going to the bathroom and I was like, I can't do this. And then it got worse. And like, oh, shit. and then I thought it couldn't get worse and it got much worse. Yes, yes. It was absolutely miserable. And I felt so bad for Rob because there was a time and I, I've talked to him about this before, like since then. And he doesn't he won't say anything about it. And part of me thinks he's being kind. And the other part of me thinks that he's like repressed it like to the deep pits of his mind. But there was like, we're getting real, right? So he like, there was a point where he had to hold me up over the toilet and everything was just coming out of me. And I was like crying and screaming because it hurt. And then like, it was bad. It was like, like a scene it was like the dumb and dumber scene only worse <laughs> oh god coming out of both ends no no just shitting it was just yeah that shit yeah yeah nice castro wow. man like i it's it's scary <laughs> it's like the it's wow. scary it's like that's the boogeyman <laughs> oh wow and then no. all of that and nothing mm. Well, did kickstart labor. So, like, yes, oh. labor started at about eight, nine-ish, about that. Oh. Um, so, but that, at that yeah. point, I know, at that point, I was 41 weeks plus six days. So, I was on my absolute last day. Oh, um, and um, the date, I don't know, for March 1st, maybe. Okay. Mm. So that kickstarted labor, 
And then I was laboring at home for a while, like having contractions. Rob was calling our doula or like texting me with the doula. And then we called the midwife to see like what to do and stuff. And they beforehand, they tell you, they're like, okay, this is when to call. This is when not to call, like whatever you can call, but we're going to tell you certain things based on what you're feeling, like your symptoms and like how things are going. Right. So like the, the plan was to basically labor at home as long as possible and then go to the birthing center basically to have the baby. And Wait, the first the first thing that happened then, like what's the very first thing that happens that, that makes you know you're going in labor? A contraction? Yeah. Well, that's for me, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because I was just like, I had so much pain. And I, and like, they say, people say that like, you, when you, when it's a contraction, like you know it's a contraction. And like, to me, I didn't, I still didn't know. And I like, it was the worst pain ever. And I was still like, wait, that might not be a contraction. And people were like, no, it's a contraction. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know like this. And literally it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. And still my brain was saying like, yeah, you might be okay. You know? And like, I could barely breathe. I could barely talk and whatever. And I was still like, I don't know I don't know if she's coming and you know but I knew something else was happening in my body that I was like um something needs to protect the baby because I feel like the rest of me is broken <laughs> oh, no. yeah what, we say um, contraction? what exactly is contracting like what were like can they mm, uh, like, like a labor contraction is your like your uterus so you feel and you're um judging from how Maria talks about this. I mean, you're conscious of your uterus, like for like a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. So like, yeah, you felt it. Like, it's like that, like, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, but, okay. but there's like waves, right? Like in contractions last, they last different amounts of time. So like, yeah. So we knew that contractions, like when you first have them, they're not gonna they're not gonna be like one right after the other right until until you're about to have the baby gotcha. so i forget what the rule is it's like call if they're like one minute i don't know what it is i don't remember off the top of my head but it's like basically they're gonna be far apart like you might have a contraction like every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes, you know, and you're like, oh, I felt something or whatever. But I felt a lot of pain. Like, I just felt a lot of pain. And I, it was mainly the castor oil. It wasn't like, like, I probably had a contraction in there, you know, but it was mainly like castor oil pain. Mm -hmm. And so, so then after that, like the goal was for me to get comfortable so that I can like start focusing on labor and like the labor contractions. Um, so yeah. Oil too, like, I mean, you, you castor oiled yourself, which made you poop, and, and the things you had been eating were like spicy foods <laughs> prior to this. Like, yeah, I think. Uh, like help. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, but, It's okay. We probably had, we had like a ton of Nepali, I, maybe it was Indian. It was like some kind of like, you know, really spicy goodness food. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here we are, eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. uh, did you sleep that night? Because I hear sometimes if it's going to be like a long, you know, I hear sometimes people, I've heard people say that they sleep sometimes when it first starts because it could be a long process or 
You just stay up, bro. You know, what, what happened now? Yeah, I didn't get to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I is Because you were excited or is this because you're in pain or both? Or I think it's both. I think part of me was like worried. Part of me was worried. And maybe we tried to sleep. Maybe we tried to sleep a little bit, but I don't, I don't remember like big chunks of sleep at all. Like okay. it was maybe like I laid down on the couch or like I laid down on the floor a little bit and maybe I fell asleep a little bit, but I don't think so. And I know Rob didn't sleep because he was like worried, you know, know. and he was yeah. texting and like calling the right, right. whatever the people. Um, and we did go. I know we went into the birth center at one point and she was like, no, you're not ready type of thing. <laughs> and that, that was like at two in the morning, maybe or three in the morning. It was like really dark and like, you know, in the middle of the night type of thing. And then we went back in, um, like, so I had been laboring basically all night cause I had contractions, but they weren't really steady and they weren't really like we were timing them and some were like three minutes apart. Some were like maybe five minutes apart, you know? Um, but then finally at like eight or something like that, like in the morning, maybe it was like seven o'clock, we went into the birthing center and then they let us stay. They're like, okay, like you can stay. It sounds like your contractions are um, getting closer together. Like, let's have you stay here and labor here. And then so our doula met us at the birthing center and then um and we had all of our stuff in the room and we were like ready for for the show basically oh what also happened is probably around like 2 a.m or 3 a.m the reason we went into the birthing center to begin with is because i started having bloody show which is um yeah it's just like what is the bloody show so bloody show is just like the they I mean, I guess it's like the start of everything happening, right? So like mucus plug, bloody show, it's like labor's happening. That's what it's going to happen. So then I was like spotting. And um, and so the midwife had us come in so she can like check or like, you know, whatever. But then she was like, no, you're not ready. So then I went home and whatever was fine. And I labored at home. So then when we went back in, they thought that like because of that, she was like, oh, your water probably broke and it start, it's just like a slow break type of thing and you're fine. But, I, but in my head, like, I was thinking like, no, I don't think it did because nothing, like, you know, maybe it's not like, like the movies where it just all gushes out, but I didn't feel like I had a leak, you know? And most people say that you, it's just like, it, you feel like a slow trickle just coming out. And I never felt that. So then when I was at the birthing center, um, like sometime, I don't even know what time it was, but I went, I had to go to the bathroom. And so the doula was helping me in the bathroom. And when I was there, that's when my water broke. And, um, and like in the toilet, like, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Like I feel a lot of stuff and it was weird. And, um, and I also had this thing, I, it's going to be hard to explain, but basically I had, it's called a four bag where like part of my um, bag of waters like came out and it, I don't know, it looked like a water balloon <laughs> that came out into the toilet. And so then, so we're like, okay, things are progressing. And that also was full of meconium. And we didn't know it at the time. It's when the baby poops inside. And that 
I mean, it could be dangerous for some people because they're um, they're afraid of the baby like taking in the meconium, um, and so it's just it's like a a risk um, at that point. What time is this all now? Uh, that was probably around noon. And now is this so? Is this now forty two weeks now, or is this what is this now? Yeah, that's forty two weeks. So now at this point, it's like the birthing center is not accepting you, or you're still good on the first day. Yeah, I'm still good. I'm like at the birthing center, and they're like, "Well, you're admitted. Like, you're gonna have the baby today, and it's at the forty two weeks." You know. Um. So yeah, so while we were there, like I got to labor in the tub and like I got to lay in the bed and like be comfy and have the music playing that I wanted to play and like have the lights dim and have all that jazz, you know. Um, but then once uh, once the midwives checked, and it was kind of weird because there was two midwives on or two midwives at the center that day, and one of them I had never seen before, and the other one honestly like she and I didn't really click all that well so I was kind of bummed out that she was there but you know whatever like she's a midwife she's professional and whatever she knows what she's doing but uh when they saw that I had meconium um in the four bag then they got concerned and they made me transfer to the hospital at that point which I was like so bummed out about and it was it was just like crushing and at that point, also, my contractions had slowed down. Like, when I was in the tub, they slowed down to, like, seven-minute contractions and then, like, or seven minutes apart. And then I think they were, like, four minutes, but then they'd go back to, like, ten minutes. And so it was, like, nothing was consistent. And I had the meconium. And so they're, like, um, you need, they told me I needed to go to the hospital because they were, they were worried that there was um, something else going on and that I would need more help you know, and, and that once the baby came out, that the baby would need more um, medical assistance. Was there a, did you, did, you know, were you able to just accept this in the moment or was, did you guys have, did you guys try to push back or was it just, okay, this is just what we're gonna happen? Um, it was hard to, I don't think I just accepted it. It was right. hard because there wasn't, there wasn't any room to push back, you know? And like, I don't, maybe it's because I work in the medical field, but like you can, there's a difference between like advocating for yourself and then, and, or pushing back. Right. So like we could, we could say like, Hey, I still feel comfortable. I still feel this and that, whatever. But then once they, once they have a reason to believe that there's risk, like it's their obligation to say like, no, we are not capable of, hand of handling this. And so I understand where they're coming from. And, um, but at the same time, it does suck. It's like, damn it, you didn't give me the chance, you know? But then like, why would I argue that, right? Like, obviously I wanted my baby to be safe. So like, if they were saying, well, your baby might not be safe, then like, yeah, I'm gonna choose the safer option. In the moment, though, I mean, with, you know, with not being the midwives who, you know, you don't even know one of them, and it's like the other one. Yeah. I'm sure emotions are running high, too, of like, this fucking bitch. Like, oh, yeah. I think that's exactly what I thought. I think that was my exact thought. Right. And 
the best was when she was like, I think that you're stable enough that we don't have to call the ambulance. So I'll just ride in the car with you. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, but I couldn't, I wasn't in the right headspace to like say anything. Cause like normally would be like, the hell you are. Like, you're not coming to my car. Right. I was so annoyed. But, and I wanted, I like, are you all right? <laughs> Yeah. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> oh, I thought you said I was shit about something. Sorry. No, 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 so, I'm just like yeah. with you now. No, yeah. So, well, thanks. I appreciate it. It was believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I wanted my doula to be like, you should come in the car with me, you know, like to, to but like, I don't know, maybe she needed to be with me just in case something happened, like, you know, on the way to the hospital. But I was like, damn it, this freaking lady. It was so annoying. It was so annoying. And like, she's in the backseat of our car. And in my head, I was thinking like, I hope all the dog hair just sticks all over your clothes because I hate you. <laughs> oh, man. What was that car ride like? Uh, it was so awkward. I think about that sometimes. It was so awkward because I didn't want to say anything in front of that lady. I just wanted her to leave. But I was like, listen, I, yeah, but it was fine. Like, I think Rob was like, okay, where do I park? How do I get that? And it's weird because when you choose a birthing center, like you have to, um, you have to fill out paperwork that says like, what's your backup hospital just in case you get transferred. And like, most people would be much better about this, but I was like, let's just choose the hospital as closest to our house, you know? (coughs) Sorry. And, um, and it was the one closest to the birthing birthing center too. But in my head, I was like, I won't need the hospital anyway. So let's just choose whatever, because it'll be fine. I won't need to go there. (laughs) And then I ended up going there. Um, I know. So we didn't even know. We're like, where do we park? Where do we do it? You know, we didn't know anything, um, which is bad. Don't recommend that. Um, so yeah, so we got to the to the hospital and she had called beforehand to tell them that we were on our way like they were they were um, preparing for me to be there but once we got there like we had to check in at the front desk and it felt like it took an hour to get me into the room I'm sure it didn't I'm sure it was more like 10 minutes but it felt so long because I started having like I was having contractions and so I was like so uncomfortable I didn't know what to do I like wanted to like crouch down and I was trying to but then I was like I was just in this like lobby you know and um and then I like a contraction was coming and I couldn't hold anything in like I was just like breathing and kind of like moaning really loudly and then nurses came out from the back and they're like okay what's going on who are you what's where are we going da, 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 you know and then and then they finally got me into a room because I was I was like I might have a baby in this freaking hallway right now you know um and so then they got me into the room and got me checked in and whatnot and then the midwife left and then she handed over care to the midwife that was on staff at the hospital at that point um, she was great. Like she, uh, I had never met her before. So, you know, it was like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm here. I don't like, it was that feeling of like, I don't want to be here. So I'm sorry I'm meeting you, but thank you for being here. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, 
Yeah, it was like, uh, so I was just trying to like go with it. I didn't want to be scared. And I kind of had that, like a little bit of that feeling like, oh, I'm scared because now I don't know anything that's happening. And then we have to be here. So it like all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, it feels a little riskier. Like it feels like this situation that should be beautiful and like normal and serene is now like medical and sterile, you know? And now at this point too, I mean, when was the last time you actually like had a night of sleep? Because the day before you did the castor oil and stuff. Yeah. But the night before that, were you, did you sleep or? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the night before that. So I hadn't slept for a while. (laughs) So, and now at this point, I'm assuming it's like, you know, it's afternoon. Uh, Yeah. We checked in. I want to say it was like 3 PM or 2.30 or something like that. And now, now how do things progress? What's going on now that you're in this room? You got this new midwife. So they um, they wanted to like strap a monitor on me, and um, part of like the interventions that you can choose before that you like, I guess that we were educated on before um, going into labor, like uh, is. Um, fetal monitoring and like we didn't want our, I didn't want to be strapped to a monitor like I wanted the freedom to move out of the bed and like to you know to be in a tub or to walk the hall or whatever and when we got there she said that I had to be on the fetal monitor because because they had meconium in the in the water and for them they needed to like track the baby close more closely and um and so I was bummed out like as soon as she started strapping me to the thing and my doula said, do we need to have it on there or can we do intermittent monitoring? The, um, she was like, no, if there's meconium, like it's, it's required. And like, I don't know if that's every hospital, but I would, I would imagine it is. Um, and so I was bummed out, but she said the monitor, you can like, you can take off the thing. It's like a portable monitor. So you can walk around. And she was like, I'm more than happy to have you like walk around the room and whatever you can be in the tub, even with the monitor, like we just can't get like the certain thing wet and it was fine. And so I, I like was more relieved about that and I was happy. Um, uh, and then, you know, it was like the birthing room wasn't, it wasn't like the birthing center room. Right. So like I had a regular hospital bed and like there was like a weird, uncomfortable couch in the corner or whatever, but it was like big enough where I felt, I was like, okay, they dimmed the lights for us and we were able to like still play the music that we wanted. Rob brought um, a a Bluetooth speaker or whatever. And so we like still tried to, and like we moved in, like Rob brought so much stuff. I know it's so much food that I don't remember eating, but he brought a lot of stuff. And so it was like, still, it was okay. Like I didn't feel out of place, you know, as much as I thought I would. Um, And they let me use the tub. The tub isn't as nice as the other tub, but like, you know, they still let me go in the tub and they were totally fine with me being in the tub the whole time if I wanted to be, which I basically was, I was in there a lot. Um, to help with contractions and stuff. But then um, as time went on, the my contractions were slowing down again. Like I didn't have any meds on board or anything like that, but then they were like still, like nothing was happening, you know? And like on the monitor, she looked okay. Like everything was fine. And then um, 
they were like, well, you know, let's, they, they wanted to see if they, they wanted to like see my cervical dilation, dilation. And at that point I had been in labor technically for almost 24 hours. And, um, and so I agreed to a cervical check, a cervical exam, and I was only like six centimeters dilated, I want to say. And ten. Ten is like the ten is when the baby comes out, right? And so I had already labored for twenty four hours and I was only like six to maybe seven centimeters dilated. And so we like talked about our options and like um and at that point I hadn't slept in a while, so they knew that my energy was going down and like I was they didn't know if I was gonna have enough energy to push, basically. So at nine o'clock about nine o'clock is when they um, asked me if I wanted to have an epidural. And like, it was, I don't want to say that I was like disappointed because that's not the, really the right word. And I like, I was never really against epidurals. I feel like epidurals work for people. Like, you know, some people, that's what they go in wanting and whatever. And I like epidurals exist for a reason, you know, like I, I do believe in like medicine. I believe in all that stuff. Like I just, that wasn't my plan to begin with, but like, I wasn't fully like not open to it. I just like, didn't really want to do that from the get go, you know? Wait, so induce or is it just, a, I thought it was just, so what does an epidural do? I thought it was just pain. Is, yeah, it's pain control. So then, um, so then you don't feel the contractions. Like, I mean, I guess if you might feel some of it, but like, you don't really feel like your body will like start to, um, you can progress and like be rested because you're not extending all the energy with all that stuff, you know? Okay. So, um, so at nine o'clock ish is when I agreed to the epidural and then, um, and part of me so I had to have a real place or whatever and then they like test you they're like do you feel anything and I'm like no and I remember saying I kind of feel a little spot on my right side because I felt like the pressure of a contraction but they were like well you're still going to kind of feel that but it shouldn't be pain so like okay and then I was fine and literally like in my head, I was like, wow, I should have agreed to this a long time ago. This is cake, right? Because on the monitor, they were like, the, like you're having a contraction. I'm like, oh, I am? And, like, I had just been laboring for freaking over 24 hours, right? And, like, some of my contractions, like, yeah, some slowed down, but some, they timed, lasted up to five minutes. And, like, contractions shouldn't last that long. Like, some were 30 seconds and some were five minutes. And they're like, you're it's like it's masochism at that point you know <laughs> um so yeah so after i had the epidural i was like holy crap like this is amazing and they're like okay why don't you like rest just rest just see if you can fall asleep and so they all left the room like rob they told rob to rest on the couch and i was in bed and they turned down the lights and stuff and they had me on my side and they were still monitoring the baby with a with the fetal monitor um, from, you know, they could see it outside. So like they weren't concerned. Um, so I like tried to close my eyes and they were placing like, they placed like a peanut ball between my legs um, to like, you know, position me in whatever ways. And I was good. Like I felt fine. And then like, I felt maybe like 10 minutes pass and then they come in they're like, Hey, baby's having a hard time. And I'm like, what do you mean baby's having a hard time? And then they, they were saying that like, um, 
her heart rate was going down. I was like, oh my God. So then when that happens, they just like switch positions, you know, to see if it helps. And so I kept switching positions and baby just wasn't responding to a lot of them. Like she was fine for a while. And then like, and then she would like go down again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So it was like, it was a whole thing. So yeah, it was stressful because I just like needed some rest and like, I couldn't really rest because we needed to like readjust stuff all the time. Um, so then they were, so then they were thinking that like the baby just needed to come out like sooner rather than later. And so they were hoping to like, that something would speed up contraction so that we can just get her out. So then they started offering more interventions and like hindsight thinking about it. It's like, oh yeah, this became a textbook, like intervention birth. Um, they offered Pitocin to see if the contractions would like kickstart not kickstart because they were already happening, but like speed up the contractions to like actually progress and um, to see if we can get her down in the birth canal because she wasn't, she wasn't all the way down yet. Um, And so I agreed to the Pitocin, which I was like, that one I was probably disappointed about, but you know, whatever. So I had the Pitocin. It, um, it basically like, induces your contractions it's i'm there's like another way it works but like it helps the contractions like be productive basically right so um sorry i lost my track of my train of thought um yeah so i had the pitocin and then they like she still wasn't um it's not that she wasn't responding. It's that her heart rate kept dropping with every contraction. So they didn't know if she was like necessarily moving down or like being like, if she was like kind of stuck, you know, and they couldn't like, they could feel where she was at, but they couldn't, she just wasn't going down type of thing. And like when they did a cervical check, like they could feel the top of her head, but like, again, they didn't know like what was happening why she wasn't going down. And she was like, her heart rate just kept going down. So like, she was, I don't know, probably stressed in there, you know? Um, So then they put in a monitor inside to see how productive the contractions were and and to see, like, if it was actually working. It's, I don't remember what the, how, or what the monitor was called. It was, like, an IUPC, but I don't really remember what that was. It was, like, intrauterine something, something or other. So I had this monitor inside me measuring the contractions, and like trying to see, you know, if the baby was going to come out. And it just like so much time was passing by at that point that um, the midwife finally came in and said, like, we need to talk about options. And she did give me another option um, to maybe uh, stick another monitor inside. And at this point, I have like things hanging out of me, right? And the only thing that needs to be coming out of me is not coming out of me. <laughs> um, so she did offer another monitor and that's um it's i don't even remember what it's called right now but it's this like tiny little thing that's screwed into the baby's head and it's like really small it's like a little small little thing that goes on the baby's head that um can measure the actual heart rate you know to make sure that they have the appropriate heart rate um yeah so at that point Rob and I needed to like talk about it. And at that point I was like exhausted with that option. Like, I was like, I, no, I don't want to do that. 
you know, like I'm doing all these things to me and like, I don't want you touching my kid. <laughs> like, even though I'm, they do it all the time and I know it's safe, whatever. I like didn't, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, let's, there's another way to do this. And so they said, you know, we can continue this way, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a good outcome. Like, it looks like it's going to be an emergent situation in a couple hours. She said, maybe it's not, or maybe it is, but like, like the chances are that it's going to be an emergent situation and it's going to be out of your control. Like it's going to get to the point where we need to say this baby needs to come out and we just need to do it. And so Rob and I, they gave us a few moments and like we, it was tearful, but we talked about it and it was like, we need to make this decision ourselves. And we need, we need to be the ones to like say, okay, the next option is, you know, C-section, like the next option is we need, we want the baby out and we want to, we want to just do that and be in control of it, you know, because we knew that if it was going to be an emergent situation, like nothing would be what we wanted it to be. Like we, it would be a six minute procedure and like we would be in and out and like, you know, the, they would take the baby probably. And like, we, you know, and we wanted, there was like certain things that we wanted from the get-go. Like I wanted Rod to announce what the baby's sex was. And I wanted Rod to cut the cord, you know, and like, and I wanted music playing. And so we had music playing in the playlist, but like, if it was an emergent situation, like the OR wasn't going to do that, you know, they were just gonna be like, okay, let's get the baby out. Like we're done. We're cutting it out. And so we made that decision and, um, and then we got ready for surgery. Like, it was crazy to be like, okay, I'm having surgery today. <laughs> it was weird. It was really weird. But um, yeah, that was the next step. This is what, close to midnight now? <laughs> no, at this point, it's um, like 4 a.m. Oh, shit. This is like the next day already now, huh? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So now I'm at 42 plus one days. Wow. Um, so, so now you make that decision. Now, now, how how do things progress? Like, what's that, that situation like? Um, so we went to let's see. So once we like said that we would have the C-section, um, they got me ready for the OR. So they like they came in and they like shave you a little bit <laughs> to make sure you're clean and. Um, and then Rob was taken away. I think he was like, they took him to go put his um, OR stuff on. Like he needs to cover his clothes or whatever. And um, and so I was in the room like getting prepped. They put, did they put another IV in? I don't know. They did a bunch of stuff, but I was in the room getting ready for surgery. And then they wheeled me down to the OR. And um, in, uh, I don't think I, I was more like, like, no, it was like, I wasn't, I don't know. I, the word that's coming to my head is frozen, but it wasn't that. Cause I was very cognizant what was happening, but I, it was more like an out of body experience. Like I was just like, okay, this is happening. Like, let them do their job. And because I'm a nurse, I know the things that like more or less, you know, I'm not an OR nurse, but I know more or less like what they got to do. And like the paperwork that they have to like initial right away, you know what? And I have to like, say, I'm not wearing whatever. Um, so I like was kind of looking at it that in that, 
perspective and it was like okay and then I remember thinking like oh because I there was a nursing student that was there during the the process she was like um being precepted by one of the floor nurses and I remember thinking like oh it's so cool that she gets to see a c-section delivery today and and like because I've seen them as a student you know and then and then I was thinking like would I rather her see a C-section? Would I rather her see a vaginal birth? Like, I don't know. And she's probably seen both at that point, you know, who cares? Um, but I was like, oh, it's so cool. She gets to be there. And like, and I just remember like thinking about her. And then I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I'm thirsty, <laughs> but whatever. I'll eat and drink later type of thing. And then uh, when I got to the OR, this is probably the worst part of the whole thing. <laughs> so when I got to the OR, um, they wheeled me in and then they transferred me to the bed. And I told them, I was like, I don't want my arms strapped because sometimes they have to like strap your arms down to the thing. And I was like, I don't want them strapped. They're like, oh yeah, we won't do that. I was like, okay, good. And you know, cause at that point I can't, because of the epidural, I couldn't feel like my, the bottom part of my body. I can just like feel the top part. And, um, and then, so they moved me and they like cleaned me off and stuff, but I was obviously naked, you know? And then they just like had me there laying on this table in the middle of this room with like these bright fluorescent lights where I just came from like a dim hospital room where I was trying to rest. And then, and like, everybody was just like walking around me, like talking, getting things set up, like trying to find the rags, trying to find whatever. And like, it was just like this machine of hospital, but I was in the middle of it just naked and I was so bothered by that, you know, and I couldn't, and I probably had a drape of some sort somewhere, but like, I don't think anything, I think it was like fully just nothing. And I, I had like a cap on my head and I had a mask, um, but like bottom part, I had nothing. And I was just like there cause they had already cleaned me off. Um, and the, and then I look over to the side and the wind, uh, the door to the OR is open because they keep going in and out to grab stuff. And I could see people like in the hallway walking down. I'm like, holy crap. Like I'm a human people like this. Let's not do, you know? And again, maybe because I'm a nurse. And so I have like more of that, like, like I know that there's things that they could do for me not to feel this way. Um, so I like tried not to freak out about that, even though I was. And so I like, I asked at that point, I like decided, I like had to refocus on things and like what I wanted the experience to be. So I asked, um, some of the nurses like, Hey, can you play Stevie wonder? Like, I really want Stevie wonder playing. And they're like, Oh, ha ha ha. They were kind of like laughing it off. I'm like, no, seriously, I want Stevie wonder playing. And they're like, okay, we'll see what we can do. But they were like so busy doing their tasks. And I know like I've been in that situation. So I know that it's like, okay, that's not, that's the least of my worries. But I like, it was so important to me to have something left, uh, like some kind of control left. And, uh, and so I finally, the, um, the CRNA that was doing my drugs, like she introduced herself and she was super nice. And I was like, Hey, I think her name was Debbie. I was like, Hey Debbie, can you like, please, I really want Stevie Wonder to play. And she laughed and she's like, I don't think we've ever done that. And in my head, I was thinking like, how have you never done that? Like you guys do surgeries all the time and you don't have, I know you have music playing like surgeons love music and you've never had a patient choose what music they want to play. I'm like, Maybe she has never thought about that because the patient has never asked her. But, like, you know, it was really weird to me. And I was like, I really, really want this to happen. And so she 
asked the nurse again. And I think because the nurse was being asked by somebody else, like maybe she put, put it as like more of a priority. So, um, so then they finally put it on, they put like the Stevie wonder playlist from YouTube on. And so I finally got it and I was like, fuck yeah, like this is it, you know, <laughs> like I, my, my whole perspective on it had changed and I was like, okay, like let's have this baby, whatever. And then, and then Rob came in. Oh, okay. He wasn't there this whole time as all this is happening. No, cause he had to get ready. I think they also had to like pack up the room because we were going to be in another room afterwards. So I'm pretty sure that he had to like stay and pack up the room and he had to get ready for like the surgery stuff. Like he had to put surgery clothes on or whatever on. Um, yeah. And the doula. So, um, one of our doulas came with us too, uh, in the OR. So yes, then we had Stevie Wonder playing and I had asked, oh, another thing I asked for was a clear drape because I wanted to see the baby come out. Um, and then also I had asked the doctor if she could basically give me a play-by-play, you know, I was like, um, can you like tell me when you're cutting and tell me when you're pulling the baby out? And she, like, they, doctors can do this and some do do it, but she didn't. And she made it clear. She was like, I'm going to see if the CRNA can tell you because I'm going to focus on this. And so like, maybe she wasn't comfortable doing that. Like, and I get it. Like some people can't talk and, you know, I can't walk and chew gum probably, but so she probably couldn't do it. Um, so she did ask the CRNA or she said, Hey, can you like tell her what I'm in? I don't, the CRNA was like, sure, whatever, but she didn't. Um, and then the clear drape, I didn't have a clear drape, but she did say, she told the CRNA during, she said, pull down the drape so she can see. And so she, so the CRNA did drop one side of the drape for me and I was able to like pull it down a little bit more so I could see her come out. Wow. So that was cool. Yeah. When they start this, like, or, you know, so once they actually start the, uh, you know, the cut, I mean, how, how, how fast do things progress at that point? It's, it's like a matter of a couple of minutes. Wow. Yeah. I really think the whole thing is probably only seven minutes long. Maybe I don't, yeah, it's not very long. It seems longer, but it's like super quick, especially because they've been, you know, they do it so often. Um, so yeah, they like make the cut reach in there and just pull the baby out <laughs> and they like when they pulled it out because that you know I wanted Rob to announce the sex and so they pulled it out and they knew that and uh so they were like showing Rob and I remember Rob saying uh so what am I looking at here and then she whispered like it's a girl and he goes it's a girl <laughs> and it was and I had pets him and I think I like scared him too because I was like when babies come out like they're their stuff is swollen like sometimes you can't tell if it's a boy or a girl and so i think i think he was like nervous to begin with and so he just wanted to make sure but it was great it was like it's a girl yay wow yeah it was good wow it was awesome and then she had to i was like hoping to have immediate skin to skin contact but because she had meconium and stuff they took her to the warmer and they like um aspirated her whatever it's called they use like the they suction they suctioned her um and then she she was able to come to me so that was good wow yeah experience 
I know it's a lot. I feel like I haven't talked about it in depth in a long time. So that's good. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. How has that yeah. changed you now since? I mean, especially having to go through so much change and, um, you know, maybe things that you didn't want to happen. I mean, it, it, I feel like, you know, this is something that just makes one, I don't know, more resilient, stronger. I don't know. I mean, what, you know, have you thought about this and like, or did it make, you know, um, or, you know, I mean, is it the other way? You know, somewhat bitter or somewhat uh, upset by the, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to put it put into words still. I think I'm still, um, in a way, I think I'm mourning like the birth story because it's not the birth story that I wanted. Um, it's, I had a lot of, I had a lot of uh, negative feeling towards it in the very beginning and a lot of that was um, the postpartum hormonal shift that I had I feel like it was very drastic for me um, but it was it was hard to like come to the realization that like I had surgery to have a baby that really should just happen right like you should just be able to have that to birth a baby but I needed all that extra help and like part of me still thinks like did I did I need all that extra help or did we just all give in and I think it's going to take a lot of time for me to like fully accept all that and that's not that's not even to say obviously I'm like super thankful that I have a healthy baby and that um, you know she was born crying and didn't need any time in the NICU like they thought she might um, but it is, it's my experience and my, um, like, yeah, just experience and the expectation that I had that was completely squashed. And it's not even like, I don't want to sound, it, it almost feels like I'm sounding petty about it, but like, it yeah. sucks. It still sucks to think about that experience. I mean, you. Yeah. You know, you've you've only been able to. I mean, we you condensed thirty hours. Yeah. Into like a you know forty five minutes with me, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's the you know something you mentioned from the very beginning was how it was important the energy and the vibe, and that's why you chose the birthing center, and you know the 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 people that first spoke to you you know but now even at the birthing center you like here you you know the, the, on the you know the day prior to the to the to the deadline I guess right like it's like it's not the woman that you vibed with the most and then here it is you had to have a car ride and then here it is you know now you're at the place where you didn't even put any energy into into thinking about being there because you didn't think it was going to happen and so now yeah and then too, you know, again, it's like you're not, you haven't even been able to sleep and yet you just had this real painful experience to induce the pregnancy. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I've seen Elia, I mean, you know, beautiful and like, you know, she's, she's healthy and yeah, that, that is the most important thing. But of course you're going to have your own emotions and feelings about all these things still. And, 
you know, hopefully, uh, you know, whenever, you know. I mean, I can't, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 uh, there's a lot of energy that, you know, and, and even just the few things that you, you shared with me, but like, I can only imagine throughout the, I mean, you were there like what, 24 hours then for sure or no? I mean, at the hospital, you were there how long? Well, and I mean, all in all, of course, you're there 24 hours because you, you have to stay there. It's not like they just let you go home right away, right? Right. But from the time she, from the time I got admitted to the time she was born, I was there like 15 hours. All right. And, you know, yeah. it's like, and that's a tough 15 hours again. Like, you yeah. Know, I could only imagine, too, like, you know, fuck. Like you said, like, you know, like, like something that, that I think is, um, unfortunate that happens at hospitals and what people don't want to have as an experience is not feel like a human being or not feel respected. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's awesome that, you know, at least, you know, I mean, of course, too, like, it's not that they don't care. I mean, you know, doing that kind of work, but at the same mm -hmm. time, like, you know, unfortunately, some people are just doing jobs, you know? Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's just a shift, and you have no idea what happened to them and what they were going through prior. Exactly. And to, you know, I don't know how much you've ever thought of this, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, I hope, I hope this doesn't add anything that's, um, but, you know, I mean, here you are in the Midwest, and, you know, I don't know, like, here you are. I don't, I've never, I'm, you know, we're from, I'm from San Jose, you know, <laughs> born out yeah. here, you know, and like, there's lots of brown people, Mexicans, yeah. and there's all kinds of Indian people now, and like, you know, we got, we have like, lots of Filipinos, and we have lots of colored people, and mm -hmm. I don't know, like, you know, what maybe, I don't know, like, we're, we're the majority of the nurses and, and staff, you know, all white people, and I'm not trying to say, like, I'm just saying, like, you know, people have, I mean, it is true, like, especially now, like, we could see in this country, like, you know, there are a lot of unbiased, like, you know, or unconscious biases, and sometimes even conscious biases, and so, yeah, I, I yeah, wonder, you know, I mean, there's a lot, you know, and, and, of course, you know, uh, we all want to say and make it, you know, oh, it's easy to go, oh, well, you know, fixate on the fact that we have a healthy baby, which is, of course, you know, the thing that right. is most important, but, you know, you did, you did go through a lot. And I mean, yeah. you know, it was, a, I, I could, I know you and, you know, that's, it's rough. You know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for the validation. Like, honestly, I think that's, that's probably the hardest thing for people to, to really do. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the validation and, um, in that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's, I, I don't, you know, I could, I, I heard, you know, I hope you don't, you don't get mad at me saying this, but I mean, I, I could have, I could tell you're, you're fighting back tears telling the story. And, um, I think too often in our, our society, we feel ashamed if we want to cry, like we, yeah. You know, we apologize for wanting to cry and we 
you quickly are, are quick to want to grab a tissue and be like, oh no. But you know, I think, I think you know, I, I truly believe those are healing waters, and, and and sometimes we have to let those let that flow, and that that's just life. Like it's not that it doesn't take away anything about who Elia is or who Elia is going to be, or the fact that you you know are thankful that she was healthy, and that right. people did their job in a you know in something that you went to go pursue, you know, mm -hmm. in like in a in a profession where we want to help each other and we want to help people. And unfortunately, I think just in the West, like in the, in the model, in the model of, of medicine and health, we try to separate emotions. So mm -hmm. this is just how people are like, great, like, you know, taught to like be like, it's just kind of like, you're not to do your job with emotions and like, you're not to give it like, don't worry about like, you know, necessarily how they're feeling. Like, we don't care about feelings. Like, that's just shit that goes on in people's minds. Like we just we we care about like hard numbers and fucking you know uh charts and this kind of stuff and you know i think to some extent i'm hoping at least that like you know there's there's more of a recognition of mind and body and that like they go one in one with each other but you know um yeah i mean there's there's no problem for you to, to feel the way that you felt and to, you know, I think go through whatever type of healing you need to go through, uh, you know, and, and whatever, you know, like you said, if there's a, if that means a morning and if that like me, cause you know, a morning doesn't necessarily, as one door closes, it doesn't mean others don't open. And sometimes, you know, the end of, you know, the, the, the shitty story, some, or like, you know, the shitty, the shitty chapters are, you know, the, the conflict that sometimes we have and the shit that we go through sometimes isn't the end of a story, but it's just a transition to a new chapter. You know what I mean? And so, like, I hope all this somehow, like, you know, allows you to, you know, uh, transition yourself. You know, and I'm not trying to say you haven't, but, you know, I just hope yeah I, yeah i mean for sure i i do think it's just going to take time and i uh i yeah i am one of those people that likes to for better or for worse just like wallow in things and i think that part of my healing is going to be like wallowing in this in this space uh, until i'm ready until i'm ready to like fully heal from it and i don't I know that it'll happen eventually and I look forward to that. Like I'm not necessarily there yet. And that's okay. You know, like I think I think we're all on our own journey. We're all on our own path. I think what's difficult too is to recognize that like there's so much drama. Like literally, like this has been dramatized so often in our lives about how it should be, how it should feel you know, what, what it should be like, and, and I think that's tough, too, and, like, you know, even, even listening to yourself, like, or me listening to you, like, as we talk, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's feelings of, well, I should feel this way, or I shouldn't feel this way, or I'm feeling too, you know, I don't mean to be braggy, or I don't mean to be, you know, like, it's hard, I think, uh, I, I, I could just recognize how it's hard, like, you know, especially in today's world, you know, there's so many expectations, 
there's so many um and i can only imagine for the woman you know what i mean like you, you put a lot on especially yeah. women, like women put a lot on themselves like you know you put a lot on yourself you have a career you know you would have to have a career you know you've been doing that like you know especially you think of uh contemporaries and you think of people we know like it's like you know like there's a lot more and and, the, and then like you know i don't know what's happened either where like again like i don't know why we're it seems like we're going backwards somehow with like respect for women and like you know um women's rights and things like this so yeah it's okay it's okay. <laughs> yeah we'll get there yeah and you know in the meantime you know you have a you have a you have a beautiful uh husband and you know you have you have a lot of family around you that supports you and you know you have a lot of i know you have a lot of love around you um, mm -hmm. just you know reach out to us when you need as you need you know what i mean like i think that's something that as we i feel like at least do you know as we get older again like it seems like uh seems like we need to do everything alone we need to be so self-sufficient we need to do everything by ourselves you know what i mean like or that like somehow maybe friends and family are not the people that necessarily build us up or can help us with our healing you know yeah and i'll say you know i mean you know whenever and, and i think you know you do but you know whenever you need to talk and you need to talk to somebody else you know what i mean You know, oh yeah friends, for sure you know what i mean and just you know keep trying to let it out because I, I know from my own you know and granted i have not dealt with anything like you know in no way am i trying to um, equate what i've dealt with with what you, you you just shared but i know though that also holding things in like all that happens is we just bounce that around and it just kind of gets worse like it doesn't like you know it it feels better when we when we let it out when we tell other people when we share like for whatever reason it's like the talking of it like allows us to kind of see it in a different light like it's almost like a different side of our brain maybe is like maybe physiologically it's it's literally a different side of our brain that's working or something but there's something about just like sharing you know maybe it's just this this energy thing we're talking about again you know when we control that energy just within ourselves, it, it could just be real, uh, it could be tough, it could be destructive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's definitely necessary to um, keep talking about this situation. And uh, in a way, I know it'll empower me in the future, you know, if we decide to have um, kids in the future, more kids in the future. Um, yeah, I, I totally know that and I um, have bought into that. I think that, yeah, it's, it's going to be a process. It's, I mean, I am light years ahead of where I was from the very beginning, like the right after the birth and stuff. I just, there was no way I could have had this conversation back then. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm appreciative for the opportunity and the, yeah, the, I guess, the help in healing. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, 
I really think we, you know, we exist for the sake of one another, you know, and I have a lot of stupid platitudes, but, you know, they help me with my own life. You know, I like to think life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. And yeah. Like when there's things that we don't want, like somehow, you know, I mean, some people like to think karma. Some people like to think things that happened in previous lives or somehow like, you know, working on ourselves to get better. And like, you know, whatever the story is, I, I fully try to embrace those things because you know, I feel like otherwise it's tough. Like it's tough to feel like, uh, you know, it's tough to, to feel like all the time we have to be in control and somehow like it's always going to be my way because, you know, it, it's from what I've learned, it, you know, just from experience, it's like that's, that's not going to be it. And like, without learning somehow, uh, I don't know, yeah. look at the things differently and somehow use fucking some type of mental jujitsu to kind of like okay how do we how, how do i look at this like you know so that, so that it doesn't uh make break me down or make me weaker and what's funny is as i even say that break me down like when you think about it like you know i do personal training and like you know the only way to get stronger is to actually break down like if you don't break the muscle down you don't get stronger you know you don't rebuild uh back bigger you know so like you know, as above, so below, so maybe, or, you know, so maybe in some way, like, you know, whatever it is we have, uh, I'm not saying, like, you know, my, uh, I hope I'm not, not being, uh, living on the same but I think whenever, like, we have, just to go with this analogy, it's like, we do have breakdowns, like, you know, somehow, it just means that we're stronger, more resilient, something like this or you know you have no idea too like you know just sharing what you share mm -hmm. you might listen to this and really really take something and you know make their own life yeah um, yeah i um honestly i really do appreciate that analogy more because i i think better when i think about like just athleticism and sports in general so like yeah i do appreciate that analogy and i can i understand it more that way um the other thing i want to say is that it's it's also hard to share my story because i don't want to i like want i don't want to like impose my feelings on somebody else's experience so like you are going to be a new dad you know and like you're going to have this incredible experience with your birth and it's going to be completely different than mine even if like even if you guys try to have an unmedicated birth like your your views of the unmedicated birth is going to are way different than mine probably were you know or like even if maybe you guys end up with a c-section like your experience is going to be completely different than mine and so it's hard for me to like share all these thoughts about my birth experience because I don't I like don't want to I don't want to like dampen somebody else's experience you know don't be so nice 
but like, like yeah I just like I know that and even all the like birth stories that I listened to and like you know I was like oh man this lady had the baby in her tub in her house in the middle of the mountains like like that's so cool but I knew that that wasn't going to be my experience like yeah that is like her experience alone you know and like and so yeah I, I it's hard because sometimes when we hear other people's stories like it's hard to like take yourself out of it but like sure. but we need to know that you know and like I need to know that and I also need to be aware that like that people are gonna have they're gonna have joyous experience and experiences and they're gonna have experiences that they completely planned and wanted and whatnot or they might have like of more difficult labor than I did, you know, they might have like all these other things that um, are these other challenges during their, their um, labor or, you know, during the whole thing that that's going to be different too. Like I, I know that like my healing is my healing alone, even though I do have the support um, that I need for, for this situation, you know. Well, I know, I, I mean, I know there's going to be, there's going to be several people, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be people that listen and whether they listen just for, you know, the sake of, you know, being entertained, whether they listen because, you know, they're thinking about, um, because like, you know, I, I've listened to a lot, yeah, I've listened to a lot of different birthing stories now and like, you know, sometimes, yeah, I go, oh my God, that's not going to be me, but like, I still listen and like, you know, I feel like. Um, I guess why I said, you know, don't, you know, you're, uh, you're being too nice in the sense that like, you know, it's, this is meaningful, you know, and, and people are going to hear that like, you know, this was meaningful to you. They're going to hear that it's meaningful to me. Like, and you know, I think, um, you're a humble person and like, you know, I could tell, you know, I know that like, you know, a lot of times you don't want to make it about you. you know? mm -hmm. Uh, I think nurses are probably often that way, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> somehow it's a little different than like a doctor. Like, you know, doctors sometimes, you know, they, you know, they, it's their practice, you know what I mean? Like it, they, they went and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're high achievers, you know, they, 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 they make things about themselves a lot sometimes, even though like in the practice of being a doctor, and I'm not saying all doctors are like this, what opened yeah. my eyes to this a little yeah. more was reading that book you gave me. You know, up in the air is that or in thin air? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. In in the thin air is that what it is? John Krakauer, John Krakauer, whatever it is. John Krakauer. <laughs> John Krakauer. John Krakauer. That's the best. Put emphasis on cock for some reason. I don't know. Anyways. I hope he, even though that's not in his in his. Um, name. Yeah, I hope he listens to this. <laughs> oh yeah, he listens. He, he, he listens all the time to the Water Podcast. <laughs> what up, John? Yeah, hey, John. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great you mm -hmm. share this. Um, I, uh, I hope too we could do one more about maybe uh, some things that maybe. Not right now. So we'll, we'll yeah. Another one on um, maybe what's been going on since, and maybe just also like you know how uh, you maybe see it differently in the future and things like this, or how maybe you, you could have seen things gone differently had you done different things. 
good or bad, you know, like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do this, like, and people told me whatever, but, you know, we, we, won't, yeah. we, won't, we won't do that now, but, yeah, this is, uh, this is good, I'm, I'm glad you got to get your story out, you got to let this out, um, and relive something that, you know, so weird, too, right, because it's, like, really difficult and like you know not an experience you wanted but yet at the same time like you know you've taken up you know <laughs> scores of gigs on your phone because of like what you you know what i mean because of what you have <laughs> yeah. this now you know what i mean and like she's she's somebody that now like you know, yeah you know your whole life you you, you know in every decision you make now like as much as probably you made decisions before thinking about Rob, I'm sure with Elia, it's like completely different and more like, not that like, and you love Rob, but it's just like, you know, I'm sure like, wow, like the, the, the way now you, you think about how it is you need to move in society and how you need to move at home and how you need to act and behave, I'm sure it's completely different. Yeah. Thanks, Esther. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the Water Podcast, where conversation flows and illusions crash. If you guys like this, um, you know, do whatever you can to support. I think that's like you know, subscribing, giving five stars, whatever. Be love, be love.